Welcome to What's Farm Podcast. My name is Rob Sharkey. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm a farmer from Illinois, and I'm also host of Shark Farmer Radio. And you're also old. <laughs> Happy birthday. <sighs> Hi, Leslie. <laughs> I'm not the only one that's old. Uh, yes, but even though my birthday is closer, uh, yours is awful close, too. Well, mine has passed, but you were always older than me. How does it feel to be one year older? I'm not yet. So, I mean, let's not push things, okay? How does it feel for you <laughs> since you have already uh, hit that milestone? No, well, Leslie, first of all, I will say, I will pay you an incredible compliment. You look absolutely amazing for being 50. <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> I'm nowhere near 50. <laughs> huh. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Are you ready for Halloween? I am. What are you going as? Oh, you know what? I don't know. I might switch it up. I usually go as a bumblebee, as a witch, but I don't know what I'm going to go as this year. How about you? I'm going to go as Thor because I fill the part. Do you have the hammer? <laughs> Damn right I do. Leslie, you should finish your introduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I'm Leslie Kelly. I'm the other co-host, also known as High Heels and Canola Fields, a wife, a mother, and a farmer who lives in Saskatchewan. And a potential bumblebee in, what, in a couple days. A bumble? Who goes as a bumblebee? I don't know. It's a really easy costume. Just get the ears, and I have the, the wings and the yellow and the black all dude. So, yeah, it's really easy. I think you should drop the wings and go as Charlie Brown. Shave your head. Might have to pass on that. <laughs> it always depends if it's snowy or not. That alters the plans of what you go as. No, think about this. This is actually brilliant. I mean, honestly, you just shave your head. It'll grow back. Because one of the greatest Charlie Brown uh, cartoons was the pumpkin patch. I mean, this is all coming together. Yes. Yes, we'll do this. I will go as right. Thor and you'll go as Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Annoying. I didn't understand as a kid. It's like, what the hell are they saying? I actually haven't watched that show in a while. But do you want to know something? Sure. Do you want to know what I can grow? Okay. What can not you grow? A garden. Have you tried? Yeah. I'm trying to grow a garden, but I'm getting all these surprises this year. Uh, I can't grow cucumbers because I guess what came up were cucamelons. The spaghetti squash, I thought I was growing yellow, and then they came out white. And then there's these pumpkins. I grew so many pumpkins wanting to carve them and make pumpkin pie. They've come out as these little bite-sized, cute little pumpkins. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But I've called somebody, and he's helped me a lot. Well, first of all, probably because you live in the frozen tundra. You live in the Northwest Territories or whatever it is, so stuff doesn't <laughs> grow up there. Okay, when you have a pumpkin and you throw it out in, like, the, I don't know, the junk pile or something, the ones that come up next year are all, the, like, the little baby pumpkins. I have these little itty-bitty things that fit in my hand, and I can't do anything with them. They're decorative. What the hell you mean you can't do anything with them? I mean, you need to get on Pinterest and figure this stuff out. Yeah, but they're already all along my tables, along the TV, uh, up and down the deck. I don't know what. I'm just giving away a little pumpkin. Pumpkin baseball. That's all I can say. <laughs> but, but who did you call, Leslie? Uh, I called Farmer John. 
uh, he helped me because I was like, I don't know what is going on. What is this? And he's helped me with my gardening skills. We brought him on to talk about his farm because he's doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, John Boss, uh, you have a dizzying intellect. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Well, I'm fine. I can grow pumpkins here just fine. Yeah, and I saw <laughs> Leslie's little miniature pumpkins, and she did a fantastic job with those small miniature pumpkins, but she's got a long way to go to the big leagues. I do. It's painfully <laughs> a long way to go. <laughs> All right, John, where are you from? I am in Modesto, California. I'm living here since 1982, so that starts dating me a long time. I'm way older than all of you guys. Really? So not, not too long, because that's the year I was born. <laughs> and she's so annoying. <laughs> and I, I can date myself now, because I was 11 years old when I moved to Modesto from Southern California. I've heard a lot of people in California date themselves. <laughs> okay <laughs> you're gonna start sounding like farmer dan here pretty soon <laughs> all right now you have a pumpkin farm but i mean how did you get into all this oh my gosh it is a long story so my parents are immigrants of the netherlands they moved to california in 1960 and they were from the get-go dairy farmers I have three older brothers, and they were the bones and uh, hardworking people of the farm, and I was the afterthought. Seven years behind all of those brothers. Eventually, my father, who was working milking cows by hand, got into a partnership into a dairy business, eventually bought his place in 1982 in Modesto. So let's fast forward a few years. I went to college. I was making a whopping $28,000 a year, and I was expected to own a home in town in California and send my kids to private school. That was difficult to say the least. So I have a best friend that is a very large pumpkin grower. In fact, to this day, he grows 1,450 acres of pumpkins. And in those days, they were a little bit smaller, but... We sold giant pumpkins. They were probably averaging 150, 200 pounds, which is a manageable size for two people. But we sold them on a street corner for giggles, and we made like $200 each afternoon that we sold them. We were really, really excited about that. So in 2005, we made a whopping $200 each, and... So the idea was born at that point in time. We had very young children at the time. We decided that if the place ever presented itself, then we would eventually start a pumpkin patch together. Well, lo and behold, in 2006, one was basically dropped into my lap. Across the street from my farm, there is a huge shopping center. So obviously there was a lot of visibility and so we started a pumpkin patch because my best friend grew pumpkins, so it was born. Well, and 200 bucks a day back then was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it was a heck of a lot more than what I was making uh, milking cows for my father. It was an exciting time. That 2006 season, we ended up selling 
two and a half truckloads of pumpkins that particular October. It was a very huge learning curve. Pumpkins and the harvest time of season is actually the number two spent holiday. It's not even a a day that you get off of work. And uh, Christmas is number one, but pumpkin season and Halloween is like the second most spent holiday in the United States right now. I do buy a lot of pumpkins and a lot of candy. I'm wondering, like, how do you grow those massive, huge pumpkins that win those prizes that are thousands of pounds? Yes. You know, I don't personally grow those because they are difficult at best. When you see some of these big, huge ones, it's it's a variety called Atlantic Giant, and they generally do better in certain parts of the world. Let's just say Alaska grows probably the largest ones imaginable and the higher north because of the daylight hours that they get during the summer. Our valley is really, really hot in the summer. While we can grow a good supply of regular orange pumpkins, those giant ones are very difficult to best. Half Moon Bay in California is probably the number one area for growing pumpkins just because of its particular climate. Sounds to me like you're scared to grow the big ones. I am. You know, I, those are for people that are single and don't have a life. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know people that literally sleep in a tent next to them all summer long. It's an odd world. Yeah. Imagine what else they're doing to those pumpkins. Now, I've heard <laughs> weird things like they actually take a syringe and they uh, inject milk into the veins and steroids yes, yes. and, I don't know, Tabasco. And, and to me, that's so odd because... We use the liquid calcium in our drip system. Growing pumpkins on a plastic mulch and drip has definitely vaulted us into growing some high yields here in the Central Valley. We don't have the time to do that when you're on a massive scale. We brought you on the show because you're doing some pretty cool things around egg tourism to bring people to your farm. That's more than just pumpkins. And I know this is a really busy time for you. So what does your farm all entail? Wow. It's so funny because when we started, we were just a pumpkin patch. We didn't really do much else, but pumpkin patches have evolved into entertainment. Now we have zip lines for kids. We have jumpers for kids. We have a hayride, of course. I mean, because you can't have a fall season without a hayride. A petting zoo, that's one of the things that we want to focus on in our business is ag and animals and how they're grown and how they're raised and letting families interact with those animals. One of the big things that we also did this year was a corn maze. Uh, We've done corn mazes for several years, but the theme of this year's maze is one of the things that's gaining a lot of attention, news media coverage. It's an exciting time, and we offer just a lot of different things, photo opportunities for families. That's what we focus on is families. Well, tell us about that corn maze. So our corn maze is cut in the image of Corporal Ron L. Singh. He was a Newman police officer. Newman is approximately 40 minutes from Modesto, and he was killed the day after Christmas. So it hit the community pretty, pretty hard. He had a brand new baby at home. It was their first child. 
it gained a lot of national attention because Mrs. Singh had met President Trump. She was invited to the White House, and they did a big ceremony. Corporal Singh was killed by an illegal immigrant, and that uh, gained a lot of attention, obviously, with the president. Overall, it's been a an amazing thing, and there's been a lot of media attention around that. To honor him in our corn maze has been nothing but phenomenal. One of the things that Mrs. Singh stipulated when we spoke to her about having this corn maze in the honor of her husband was that her one-year-old son was the first one to walk into the corn maze, and that's very, very special. Yeah, the corn maze is getting a huge amount of press. And I saw pictures, and it is unbelievable. How do you design something like that and then go in and cut it? We hire a company out of Idaho, and it's called the Maze Play Company. They cut and plant 115-plus mazes across the country, from New York all the way to California. They plant or cut 115 different mazes. What we had to do was submit a photo. That was one of the first things that we did, was we said, this is the concept that we want. And so the Maze Play Company went moved forward and put a lot of thought and effort into this because you have to fit the maze into a certain size of field, and that doesn't always necessarily work out right. Uh, this particular maze is 10 acres, and as you can see, it really turned out just beautiful. I got a message last night from Ranil's father. They're genuinely heartbroken, but they are moved to tears when they see their son and husband in this corn maze. It is really special, and I'm I'm just happy to be a part of it. To me, Ranil is the hero. Our, our police officers are our heroes. Last year, we honored firefighters because we had so many fires in California last year. That's very cool. You got pictures of it up there. It's very well done. Uh, let's go back to your farm, though. In the heat of the season, so like now, you know, when everybody wants to go to a place like yours, how many people are you seeing every day? In the month of October right now, on our busy weekends, we see an average of 2,000 to 2,500 people per day. Wow. It is, <laughs> it is a lot to handle. I have wonderful employees. Again, we once were a pumpkin patch that was very small and tiny, and we sold two and a half loads of pumpkins, but now we sell over 20 semi-loads of pumpkins. Our area has approximately 350,000 people within probably 20 miles of the farm. We are a real mix of Bay Area transplants with people here locally in the community from Modesto and the surrounding areas who know nothing about farming and farm life, we've used it as a springboard to promote agriculture because so many people haven't even seen a live baby calf, let alone petted one. It has really been an amazing experience to see families spend time with each other and learn about agriculture. We are an educational farm. How many employees do you need to, you know, manage 2,500 people per day? We have 
four full-time people picking pumpkins. And in the pumpkin patch itself, we probably have another 15 employees. I have to add people on the weekends. The weekends are obviously the busier times. We have some barns on the property that were built in the 1920s. They're amazing, beautiful barns. It's sad to think that our property is destined for development here in the next few years, but uh, we will move forward and we're planning on purchasing a new property uh, probably about five miles from the from the farm, and we're excited about that, but it's, uh, it's it'll be a big undertaking. You know, when you have that many people come on to a place, and, you know, I locally we have an orchard, apple orchard, that is, I'm guessing, somewhat similar. You got a lot of stupid people out there that get hurt <laughs> doing stupid things. I mean, how do you even begin to cover yourself with liability? Well, we have really, really good insurance, but <laughs> we have a sign for just about anything. <laughs> this is a great example we have a local tractor companies that bring brand new tractors to the farm. And we had probably a $60,000 New Holland loader on the farm. And there was a child dancing on the hood and holding the smokestack like she was pole dancing. And that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I was told by the parent he thought it was a toy. Well, you know, you do everything in your power to remain calm, and fortunately nothing happened to the tractor itself, but it is a constant CYA of signage. For example, our zip lines are really designed for young children, probably up to the age of 13, 14, 15. That's kind of our demographic. We like to focus on the young families and younger kids. With our blended families, it's nice that we have a corn maze because then they're able to do big kid type of things. We had a particular individual that was probably 300 to 350 pounds that decided they wanted to try the zip line. And we had an employee that didn't know that a person couldn't be of that size well, they fell off. Um, Did they hurt the ground? Uh, they, <laughs> there was a thunder. Um, you know, honestly, though, you was talking 13, 14, 15. There, there's some 300-pound kids that big, though. Personally, I'm six foot five, 260 pounds, and I can ride the zip line no problem. But this particular person fell about four feet because they just fell off of it. These are not harnessed zip lines. We keep adding more and more safety features and signage and training of employees. We never thought we would have to do that kind of stuff when we initially started. But as you grow in size and there's so many people that are coming to the farm, you make sure that every nail is punched into the fence boards. It is definitely challenging because it's not exactly a young farm. It's an old, old farm. And one of the things that we do is we get the help from our local almond farmers. There is plenty of almond shell to go around, and we spread almond shells on the ground, and that covers up, you know, a little pothole here, a gopher hole there. That's nuts. And yeah, and and it's really nice and clean to walk on. And yeah, right? Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. I appreciate you getting that. Had my friend down the road, you know, because Ryan, the California farmer, actually lives not five miles from my farm. It's, Seriously, it's, that guy is not right. 
Oh, he is a different cat. Yeah, I think it's something about the neighborhood. Mm, no, I, I think it's more that he likes to play with his nuts a lot. Well, you know, who can blame him? <laughs> I've met Ryan uh, several times now, and he is really a great advocate for farm. I don't find almonds to be that interesting as pumpkins and tulips and <laughs> animals, but here we you go. Know, I, <laughs> yeah, in case you guys didn't know, we're not just a pumpkin farm. We do a tulip farm in the spring, and we plant roughly about 150,000 tulips in the spring, and we have people come to see the tulips and buy flowers at our farm, and we do another thing in the spring right after tulip season, and it's called Baby Animal Days, and you'd be amazed how many people have never seen or held a baby chick, a lamb, a goat kid, horses, calves, you name it, we have it. It's really hit the community in such a positive way. We've gotten so much positive feedback because we are in a concrete jungle, especially here in California. Yes, there is a lot of farmland, but in our area alone, there is a lot of concrete and a lot of people do not know where their food is coming from. It is nice to be part of a movement that is educating people and or families because there's so much misinformation out there and it's nice to be able to put ag in a positive light than, than a negative one. So when people come to the farm, uh, what are they asking or sharing with you? Do people ask you about the farming practices or do they follow up with you after they come to the farm? Yeah, first of all, they're excited that a farmer has opened up their farm to them. Most farmers obviously do not want to have people walking around their farms. And it's not that that we're trying to hide anything. It is simply the the liability of having several people come to the farm. Just because we are so inundated with people from the Bay Area, which... San Francisco is approximately one and a half to two hours driving away from our farm. And since our community has a more affordable housing, they oftentimes sell homes and then move to this area. They have no clue what it takes to grow anything, let alone have an animal. And it really has struck a chord just because our base of people is so completely disconnected from agriculture. We do a lot of did-you-know facts around the farm. We have lots of signage that educates people because there's moms that will would have arguments with me that says that milk has antibiotics in it. No, that's not the case. None of the milk that is consumed in the United States has antibiotics. That's for human consumption. That would be obviously because for people that have, have those allergies, but they would argue with me saying, that's not true, that there's antibiotics in milk. I'm like, no, no, that's not. And and it takes a lot of sitting down with some people or just having a conversation to change their thought process. And And it's not an easy one, and it's going to take a long time for us to get that word out that Agriculture isn't bad, and you got to know where your food comes from. You do lots of cool things on your farm. So what's next? What would you 
love to see in the future for your farm? My thing is, is I would like to have our farm open approximately eight months to nine months out of the year. And one of those things that, in addition to all the the different things that we do, we want to do a bigger sunflower farm. But one of the things that we want to add is a robot milking machine to the farm because we feel like dairies are changing and we want to educate. I'm a dairy guy at heart and I really want to teach people more about where their milk comes from, how it's produced and and how technology is moving very, very quickly. Automatic uh, milking machines are really an amazing new technology. It's a very expensive technology, but we want to be able to be open to the community almost year-round to to teach people. Right now, we're kind of open in phases, and as we continue to grow and become more popular, we can add those things as finances allow that because a lot of banks, they see me as the square peg for the round hole. They, they don't really understand it. If I tell them I want to plant almond trees, they want to give me as much money as I'd like. But for what we're doing... It's just going to take time, and I'm excited for the future of of Dutch Hollow Farms. So, John, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. We're on Twitter, but Twitter is non-existent for us. But uh, we're at DutchHollowFarms.com as our website. But we are very active on the Dutch Hollow Instagram page just because it allows people to see almost on a daily basis what we're doing and how much planning goes into each and every single season. We started growing pumpkins back in April, so this has been a long haul. A lot of things in the process to to do all this stuff, and uh, it's an incredible amount of planning. But Dutch Hollow Farms and Dutch Hollow Farms on Facebook, Instagram are, are our number one things to hit us on. on. Well, very cool. It's really interesting what you're doing. It's great to see agriculture find a niche and not only find a niche and make money for yourself, but also portray agriculture in a very positive light. So I want to thank you for coming on and talking to us. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I was intimidated by a lot coming on this program, but I'm very thankful for your kindness and interest in Dutch Hollow. I can understand the intimidation. Leslie is a very mean person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a bald Charlie Brown, Leslie, would be very mean. (laughs) (laughs) Prove it. (laughs) I'm really good at imitations, by the way. (laughs) No? No, actually? Well, thank you so much, John, for being on and sharing your love of farming to others. And for all of those tuning in, we hope you catch us next week. Bye. Thank you, guys. (laughs) I think the people are missing my buys. (laughs) I I promise you they are not. (laughs) Yeah. I had to, to like, put words into my email because I was getting so many emails every day, thousands of them saying, you know, I'm so glad that you're the one saying goodbye now. (laughs) I do enjoy your buys. (laughs) Well, now it's no fun to do it if you actually like it. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I do like them. <laughs> <laughs>